Hey guys, welcome back to Starving Artist Phoenix. It's Tony Machete again, <laughs> because why would it be anybody else on my podcast? Um, got, of course, another good one this week. Uh, Sam DeCross is joining us. Uh, Sam is the manager of Fairy Bones. So we had a couple of their members in a few weeks back. If you remember, Chelsea and Matt, good people. Uh, so, you know, while we were like, arranging everything, you know, for that interview, I was working through Sam on it and he seemed like a really cool guy and uh, seems, you know, like it's got to be an interesting story to get into that line of work. You know, to, how do you get that gig? You know, somebody's manager. So I, uh, I've been thinking about it, you know, for a little while since we, we stopped talking that day. And um, I, I decided to hit him back up directly and see if he'd be willing to give me some of his time. And I'm really glad I did. He had a really interesting uh, story. Uh, you know, we had some beers at his place. So why don't you do the same and uh, kick back and enjoy... My interview with Sam DeCross. Welcome to Starving Artist Phoenix. This is Tony Machete. Got Sam DeCross with me today. How's it going, Sam? Thanks for having me on here. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, so yeah, I, I wanted to, we were already kind of talking a little bit. I wanted to jump onto the, the tape. So, <laughs> all right, so you were finishing up your freshman year in New York. So let's go from there. Yeah, I was born in Phoenix, but then moved to New York in elementary school. Then moved back to Phoenix in uh, the summer between freshman and sophomore year. And so moving back, I didn't know anybody because... Everybody that I had known, I had known when I was eight. So I had, the only person I knew was my best friend from elementary school. My best friend I met, first day of school, first grade. Oh, that's our, awesome. Our parents sort of knew each other. So when we were going into school, they are like, well, you know, tell them to find so it's Aaron. His name's Aaron. And uh, so we did, and it was just, we were linked up from then on. So. I feel like that's such like a movie, like, friendship thing. Like, no it one, really like, is. meets was, up the first day of first grade. When Superbad <laughs> came out, we were like, whoa. <laughs> and we're totally like Seth Rogen right. film too. Are you like the Jonah Hill or are you like the Michael Sarah? Uh, honestly, probably Michael Sarah. I'm the, I'm the big, I'm the bigger guy, but yeah, I think I'm more of the uh, just kind of hanging on and wittily observing. <laughs> he's kind of out there wilding out. But yeah, so he's when I moved back, it was kind of finding each other again. It was the part I was looking forward to most, but I went to different high schools, so I didn't really know anybody, and. uh and, you know, I was one of those little 2006, 2007 emo skater kids listening to Taking Back Sunday, brand new. And yeah, from first to last. Exactly. <laughs> the use, My Chemical Romance was all my jam. So, you know, immediately found a couple of those kids, started hanging out. We both really liked music. Uh, and, yeah, so we started plugging away on MySpace, just really trying to get involved and meet these bands we thought were so cool. And then, in turn... Working with other more local, just smaller bands. Everybody was on MySpace, so like you just go log in and find people in Ohio, Florida. So did it start like with you knowing someone who was in a local band first, or like how did you? Most people don't really think about that, even even as much as they appreciate music, they don't think about like finding their local acts always. So how did you decide to act local? It was <sighs> social media. That was it's crazy how like social media to the people that were 
actively using it in the early days of it, it means something different because now you just kind of go on and you work with the friends that mm-hmm. you have on there. But there was that time where you were just friends with strangers, a whole bunch of weird people. You would just like a whole bunch of bands' pages, comment on stuff. People from, you know, random usernames would just add you. Then you'd start up conversations or, you know, sharing links and stuff. No, dude, I, I totally get it. There was a, a punk band I, that I found on MySpace. You don't, you just like find music on there too, which mm-hmm. is like the interesting thing. But like, I found them on there and they were from California. And I remember messaging them as like a 14 year old from Southern Arizona. Like, oh man, I wish you could see you guys. And they like personally messaged me back and be like, how far away is it? Yeah. It's just crazy <laughs> how things like that work out. And it's, I mean, it, it's come back around now. You still get new content put in front of you all the time but a lot of it is now more advertised to you, the related videos stuff like that they used they used to be more of you would just meet random people and they would be you know they would be the recommended videos but yeah so we just started talking to uh people that we randomly met on there from you know being active on the pages of bands that we like you know, they use taking back sunday random stuff like that and then you would you know the recommendations would get more and more, oh yeah, well, have you heard of this guy? Have you heard of this guy? And it would get more and more lesser known, more and more closer to local scenes all around the place. And uh, so, yeah, we ended up eventually just plugging in our own local community and trying to find people who we could recommend and trying to promote those names over to all of these other friends we had and all these other people that were following a page. And that's what it ultimately became, was a platform to promote lesser known artists all over the place. And with that and with the list of people that we network networked with, we were able to talk to some cool touring bands at the time that were coming through. Met- Metro Station was probably the biggest one that we talked to just because <laughs> oh, they had that uh, crazy hit. Yeah. I hated them so soon after we talked to them. But No, I, I don't like that song, but yeah, that's still pretty cool. <laughs> it came out, I was thinking of it in five minutes, and then they were just crazy. But but we just we talked to them. That was the only thing. Yeah, it's huge. We like, yeah. We emailed back and forth. We did a little interview. We put it out online, and we were just these little kids in high school that were playing around on MySpace. So yeah, it was cool. And then you know it spread around. We talked to some cool people. But that's just what gave me personally a taste for everything moving forward. So you were at that time kind of doing your current job a little bit, like just promoting local bands and stuff, and working to get them like support and stuff in the community, but just not kind of officially i guess not officially and not there's only so much you can do in high school half the time you yeah. can't even get in to see these bands that you're talking about <laughs> um but i mean but yeah it was definitely learning the value of um networking in order to put a name out there finding people with similar interests and just picking out the ones that you think are really cool and would appeal to the most number of people but also that nobody's ever heard of and getting in with those guys and really helping them out because the people that already have it probably aren't going to want to talk to you as much coming up. The people that could use you that are going somewhere, they're going to further your name once they do up, get up to a certain level. So, yeah, learning the barter system of the system. Yeah. <laughs> scratch my back, I scratch yours. Exactly. It's, it's all, everything is trade-offs. Everybody's trying to get higher than they are. And it's, it's up and ups and downs, you know, backs and forths, but it all works out. And Kind of just to get it out of the way, the question I'm sure you've had like 10,000 times and when people talk to you is like, did you ever pursue being a musician yourself? Or? A couple times. I picked up guitar for a while, took a few lessons, then just phased out. Then I picked up a drum set a few years later and played with that for a year or so and just phased out. I just, I've always had such bad ADD that 
I, I barely, I, if unless I can move around with it a whole lot, then I bounce around too much to stick with anything. So you're more just somebody who just appreciates the music and whole, like they, let that movie Hyperdelic, like you're a professional appreciator type of thing. Yeah, the whole scene. and that's yeah. I I what I really appreciate is the connection that you can develop to people that you've never met through music. I think that's really cool because I'm not a, a technical person. I can't you know sit there and appreciate the time signatures of what they've done and and I I can't like compare this new record to three different records that came out over the past four decades i'm not that kind of person like when people talk music i get lost Mm -hmm. but if you talk to me about what i like then i could totally talk to you about what you like and just keep it i just get passionate about that that's what that's the part that i love i don't love sitting there in a room going over facts about stuff and you know just obsessing over things i obsess about getting involved and being a part of everything that's happening that's awesome i think that's such a cool approach to it all because that's something that yeah, I mean, a lot of people are like the music historians and stuff mm-hmm. where they can like memorize all the facts about the CDs and stuff and when it came out and what it means, you know, to, to release a, a good album and, and stuff. But like they... It's, and it's all fascinating. I love hearing yeah. that stuff. I just cannot... I don't know how they find it. I don't know how they learn these things. I mean, I guess I'm starting to get it now that... Like Matt in Fairy Bones. He is yeah. a super technical musician. He just... he's He was brought up, you know, in marching band and just around the formalities of music and he's carried that over into his own creation and he obsesses over things because he knows the way he wants it to sound or he knows that it can be better and he has the knowledge to be able to make that happen so he'll do it if you have the ability to do that you will do that (laughs) and it'll come out great and he will explain to me what he's doing i'm just lost i cannot follow what he's talking about what he means but like it's the same it's the same passion you can see in him that he knows what he's talking about and it's the excitement shows that it's something big and by the end of the conversation you're so excited for this thing that he's talking about even though you don't know what it is and that's everybody's got some cool obsessions and it just makes everything so much better so you just love the idea of like the passion in general like oh, the yeah. seeing passionate people do their thing that's every that's everything that's i i don't like bands that you know just go with it because it's cool go with it because that's the thing they're into for the six months. Um, it's just it just shows all over. If you don't have the true passion, either there's a problem. There's going to be a problem somewhere. It's either going to be in your music, or it's going to be how you push your band forward. Um, it's going to be how you you know convey things to people in different ways. If there's a problem in any of those places, then it just shows that there's not the passion there. And if there's no passion, there are those problems. Then. You know, you're not going very far. So how do you tell as like somebody who's in your position, somebody who is very much like trying to take these bands to a new level? How do you look at a band objectively and be like, you don't really have what what we need? I, I'm i still figuring that out as I go along. <laughs> and I'm in no position to definitively say this is a band that is not going anywhere. Like I, I'm, there's no way that I could be right about that. In any, <laughs> you know, in any percentage of a way that it's would fair. make me accurate, but, um, but just in, in mm-hmm. you know, personally in bands that I just see and think I would either really like to work with them someday, or I just don't think that they're, you know, going to be worthwhile. Um, how they're do how they're doing things, how they're going about pushing themselves forward what they're pushing forward. Um, there are, there are people that 
will do whatever it takes because they like what they're doing enough. They will pick up new skills. They will teach themselves new things. They will get out of their comfort zone in talking to people and finding resources to, to further themselves. And if you're not doing all of those things, then it's hard to believe that you are all in enough to push it forward as far as you want to go. Um, now then there are the people that you can tell are really, really trying to figure everything they can out. They have the humility and the ability to say, I just, I don't know this stuff. I'm not naive. I don't think that I know everything, but I will, I don't know this stuff and I'm trying everything that I can to find out what I need to find out. I respect that. I'm doing the same thing. I, <laughs> I don't know as nearly as much as I need to, to do what I want to do, but I'm on the right track and I have the right people around with me. And I turn to the people that I see doing what I want to do further ahead than I am. And I do anything I can to spend time with those people and know what they know and learn from them. And it's not hard. It's easy because I love doing it. I want, <laughs> it's just so exciting. That is what I get excited about. And if that's what you get excited about, then you're great. It's going to work out well. And I want to work with you. If we're not on that wavelength, then mm -hmm. it's just, I'm not going to jive well with, I, I won't be able to help you enough. That's really it. I will not be able to offer enough to you to make a relationship worthwhile. I either, one of us would be screwing each other over. It would be me screwing over you, you screwing over me. So let's just admit it's not working out. And if things change, then cool, we can, we can do something. It just goes back to the passion, I guess. If you're, if you're both not happy to see each other, then why the fuck are you doing that? Yeah, like, yeah. just, just <laughs> be about it. And if, and that's not to say that you are not the kind of person that can do it. It's your band. There is something in your band that you just don't feel 100% about. And that's valid. Everybody mm -hmm. goes through a few bands or something. It's not, it's, you know, where you're at writing. You just haven't struck that right nerve to get what you want out of you. Um, it's, and again, like I've, there have been so many things that haven't worked out for me at times that I've had to start over. And it was all because of a mistake that I made and getting too confident with something or um, not being involved and not taking it too lightly. And whatever the error was, it was that it just hadn't come together yet. And everything wasn't in the right place. And there was some things that I needed to do and ways that I needed to grow up so that things could fit together. And once they fit together, it started going really, really well. Well, let's, let's talk about some of those things, if you're cool with it. Because, uh, I mean, I, I was able to do a little bit of digging, uh, like, through Google and shit on you. And, uh, <laughs> I, uh, I mean... That's I, not going to be good. Well, I, I just saw, like, the first mention of you. I saw you, you had founded your first kind of promotional company at 16. Like, your first label, Love It First Listen. Yeah, so what, what gave you the impulse to say, I'm ready to do this now? Even if it didn't end up being correct, if you, you know, in hindsight, you didn't feel like you were like, how is a 16 year old? you like, I'm going to make a fucking record company. Or... It, it, it was just, it was just promotions really. Sure. And yeah. it wasn't that there was something that I wanted to create. It was just, there were just things that I wanted to do. It was just acting on impulse. It was just, it was just fun stuff to do. <laughs> what, it, what it was, I just wanted to like get close to these bands that I liked. I just thought it would be cool to like know these bands. Like every 16 year old does, you know, you just, all of these cool bands that you see in music videos <laughs> and you know, whatever, you just think about how cool it would either be to be that or just like hang around that. You just want that to be your life. 
That's all it is. You just want, you relate to it in the first place. It just looks cool, you know, B. So just make that your life. And so that was just the impulse that I had. Get involved and, and surround yourself with this. And so that turned into talking to other people with similar tastes and finding new music that made me feel that way and showing things to people that they had never seen and just getting that satisfaction of like, yeah, I'm cooler than you. I know this band (laughs) and they're awesome too. So like I've double cool because you like them too. And you have to say that you found it through me. And it just went back and forth. Everybody was like that, at least in my world. Um, And so that, yeah, that just turned into what it did. It's just the impulse to surround yourself with what makes you happy. That's awesome. Now, I mean, you you talked about how you were kind of an emo skater kid at the time. <laughs> Did you feel like you were like a genre guy? Like you were looking for that type of music, or were you looking for oh, anything? Yeah. Totally. Yeah, yeah, I was. I was. Yeah, I was a little pop punk kid for sure. <laughs> that was all it was. And yeah, I didn't even like most of the screamo metal stuff. It was like mm-hmm. Job for Cowboy had a couple of cool songs. It just wasn't me. I was very very genre specific, except also uh, like atmosphere. Um, Immortal Technique. I, I always... It's weird. Atmosphere like doesn't seem like the type of band that like integrates them, but I mean, they do like Warped Tour every year. They, they do. They, they always they're on yeah. the same festivals, and it's it's the same. They're skater music for sure. They're totally skater music. Makes sense. Yeah. I mean, yeah, all that's such a good song. It's just right around Pain Two and stuff. So I mean, on a kind of a side note, are you? Are you kind of stoked about all the recent like reunions and shit that are happening with all the bands from that era, all the pop punk there's? Yeah, kind of. Yeah, <laughs> it's because it's the thing about it is it's going to be really cool or it's going to be really corny, and most of them have been really cool for sure. But mm-hmm. um, and it's also heartbreaking too. Like, okay, my my absolute favorite band ever is Taking Back Sunday. That is my favorite band. Um, and when they came around, did their ten year Tell All Your Friends reunion or Tell All Your Friends tour. Uh, the 10-year anniversary, they were playing in Phoenix the day that uh, their second-to-last most recent album came out. Happiness Is, that's what it was. Um, the day that that came out, it was their day in Phoenix. And, so, and they're playing Everything Tell All Your Friends, like my favorite album of all time, by my favorite band of all time. And then they sprinkled in some other newer stuff, and it was such a shocking difference in their maturity, what they were playing and what they had written and what they had gone in to record and how it reflected where they were in life and what mattered now to them and all that. It's just, it's not, it's not the same music. They're, they're reuniting and coming out and doing more tours and stuff. But, uh, it is people that have grown up just like you have. And it's funny to see the but, difference in both you and them. And but you're on board with it still. Like yeah, you're not yeah. somebody who's like, it's not their old stuff type of thing. It's not their old stuff. It's not. It's not. Yeah. It's not the songs that that I banged out to. But uh, I respect it. I like it. Um, it's it's good stuff. But no, I'm not going to say that. No, it's just it's them. But it is. It's different stuff. They're different people, and it's totally legitimate. And it's not the same. And that's okay. Right on. Okay. Well. So all right. So you're uh, you're a genre guy. Now was it was it top it off? Because I feel like this is something I actually talked about with Chelsea and Matt too. Arizona seems to be a, a big breeding ground for metal. I mean, some of it was kind of more the emo metal, like screamo type of stuff, but it doesn't, it, it's, it's hard when you like have a specific genre that's, you know, that's not that, that to find kind of similar music on a local scene, it seems like. So, it is, yeah. I think the two, the two easiest things to get into, and therefore also two of the hardest things to get into, are metal and rap. There are so many 
people in metal bands, and there are so many rappers. Um, that is just such a thick pool to try to swim through and get anywhere. Um, and there's a lot of people fighting for it. So you, you, it all, that's what another one of those cases where it's, it's absolutely not going to work out unless you have everything put together just right. If you sound great and you know how to hustle and you know how to network and you know how to market and be smart and find new ways to push yourself and follow through and actually ex- execute everything on time, professionally, well, if everything goes together, which is the goal for everybody, then yeah, you'll, you'll do okay and you'll, you'll push ahead. But if you get on a hot streak for three months and drop off, you're, you're not coming back easily, you know? It's, there's just so many things that can go wrong. Um, if you're getting into heavy metal, or any metal really, mm-hmm. rap, you're going to have a tough time. So conversely, do you feel like it's easier to go in, like to get started on a local level if you're doing like a punk band or like an electronic band or something like that? Um, electronic. Electronic's not a good example anymore, I guess, but... But yeah, it, I think that it is easy to get involved. Um, it's not easy to succeed. It's not easy to do well. That takes a lot of work, but it's not hard to get involved. There are a lot of really good places that you can go and get started. Um, the Lost Leaf has always been excellent. Um, all just there's, it's almost shocking to me how many new places I hear of that are doing some kind of open mic or, you know, just sign up book here. It's just an open thing. So you think it's a benefit to do something different than what seems to be popular in the area? It's a benefit to do exactly what you want to do. Whatever you want to do, do that. And if you are good at it, if you are expressing yourself in a way that is effective, that people can relate to, or you're even if people don't relate to it, but you are conveying exactly what you want to convey, you're gonna have a great time. That's all. That's I mean, if <laughs> if you are doing exactly what you want to do, you will always be happy. It doesn't matter how many people are listening or watching or showing up or emailing you saying how much they love it. it having a good time is having a good time. That's all there is to it. It's great when people relate to it and start paying attention to it. And start talking about it with their friends, and their friends relate to it as well, and like it. That's amazing when that happens, um, and I like to see that happen. That's my favorite thing is finding out about new stuff and passing it along. But if it's not happening and you're happy, then you're happy. That's all there is to it. Word, I love that. <laughs> but okay, so jumping back in time, then. So you started this this promotional company because you wanted to give something back to the bands and and hopefully kind of ride with them up to these more opportunities maybe to get bigger and bigger. Right. Um, sure. Yeah. Yeah. So what, what happened with that? If you don't mind me asking. Um, 16 and, you know, <laughs> being a high school kid, like yeah. if, if it doesn't work out, you know, it's, that's why people like Mark Zuckerberg and you know all these guys, <laughs> that's why they're famous because they started so young and everything worked out perfectly and they rode all the way to the top of everything. And that doesn't happen to many people. I'm one of those many people that, you know, yeah, I did something cool at 16, but it didn't last forever. And it didn't, you know, pan into something huge and whatnot. Then, but you jumped into the next thing, too. And I saw that there was a couple other projects that you had in the past. I don't know if those came shortly afterwards, if those are further on. But you had Cross Promotions, United Music Source, SDEC Entertainment. Yep. So tell me a little bit about those. Where did those come up? All getting involved in different people, really. Um, United Music Source was hip-hop and rap. 
Aztec Entertainment was a couple rapper. That was my first um, kind of dabble in management and seeing what kind of work I could do with artists and bands to, you know, grow and do something. Um, and ultimately, none of them worked out. Uh, however, Aztec is what I started and found fair, or not fair, uh, found Blapo with, which mm-hmm. is where Chelsea and Robert come from, and then they went on to Fairy Bones. And that's Born Losers and the Hangers On for anyone who yeah, didn't yeah. catch the last one yet. Yeah. Born Losers and the Hangers On, shortened to Blapo. Loser, fuck. I, she got mad at me for saying that too because I pluralized it. Born Loser and the Hangers On. Yep. <laughs> uh, and yeah, that's. I, uh, put, I put out a Craigslist ad, and I just said, this is what I, I just want to work with bands, you know, call it management or whatever, but I just want to try to build you and grow you, and let's just talk and see what happens. So were these, like, a few years later, or when did you start trying out these other projects, these other ventures? It was, like, 18 or 19. Okay, so you I, pretty I much you graduated, and you're like, I'm good now. Yeah, yeah, well, <laughs> I had a, the whole time Love at First Listen was going on when I was 16 years old. When I, I started it when I was in high school in Phoenix, and... I was so obsessed with it that I didn't. I only went to school for like five days out of the first five weeks. Oh, no. So I had just moved here, just started this school. Five week reports come out. My mom sees that my attendance has been abysmal. Absolutely loses it. Sends me to live with my dad up in northeastern Arizona. Oh man! Small, small, small town. Uh, so even if you wanted to, that's gonna cut off all your work anyway. Absolutely, yeah, <laughs> yeah absolutely. It's because I'm in the middle of this tiny little town, in the middle yeah. of the desert, and like I'm still, you know, talking with a couple of friends that I made in my five weeks there. <laughs> really, my three days of school there because that's when I met them there. Um, and yeah, and so I'm living in this little desert town on MySpace, just plugging away with these bands, going down every now and then. You know, I'd come back down to visit, and go to a couple shows and stuff. But yeah, well, most of everything was online. Um, and so as soon as I got out of high school and moved back to Phoenix, that's where the friends that I had were. That's everything that I liked was. Um, brought my girlfriend with me and got a job, did kind of the normal thing and wanted to start something else again. And that's when I decided, you know, I'm not a musician. I can't just go find a band to join. I'm not a musician. So let's work with some musicians let's find some people that you know seem cool that do things that i like and just join along in their passion for their projects and see what we can do together so was it crossed first then or was it uh united yeah that was crossed there's like different names for different stuff just because that's how the internet worked back then. Oh, okay started crossed and then with that you know talking to people and trying to put some stuff together i met a couple other people that became united music source just because it was three of us coming together and sorry to cut you off but you said that was mostly hip-hop so mm-hmm. how was that getting into a genre that you know was very different than what you first cut i mean unless you can't atmosphere um that, <laughs> that was really different than what you were used to was that an interesting situation to be in yeah kind of it was interesting coming from the world of bands and you know 30 people in a bar drinking pbr to like full-on hip-hop shows and it's this is a completely different vibe it's a party you're just trying to create the biggest, loudest, brightest, best time. Um, and that's very different from, you know, this is our song. Check us out on my <laughs> Jump into first power chords and go. Um, but it was, I mean, it was a lot of fun. We had a really good time doing it. 
this creating a little party all the time is, is a party. Nice. Okay, cool. So uh, at that point, though, you were starting to maybe kind of take a more objective approach to it. Is that fair to say? Or like, it wasn't so much about the music you liked, but like pe- like the music that was doing well and that you like you connected That's, with. I, I've, always, yeah. I've always liked you know gangster rap and stuff. I've always been okay. about hip hop. Um, <laughs> but it, it was definitely yeah. about trying something that I had no experience in, seeing what happened. I was I was just looking for a way to get involved in fun stuff that I felt like I could do something with. Um, things fell in place with that. I went down that road. It was a good time. It wasn't uh, massively successful in any way, and it ultimately didn't work out. So how did you start finding art? Was it all still MySpace, or was it more personal connections? Or Yeah, personal connections, just, you know, friends that had friends and jumping around little parties and stuff. Was there ever somebody that you didn't feel like was a good fit at that point, or were you just saying yes to everything? Um, no, there were... <laughs> There were people that I did not think were a good fit, and then there were people that I thought were probably better than those people, so let's give them a shot. <laughs> and there were there were a couple that I was really, I really liked, um, and I worked with them really hard. Um, and everybody else, you know, I gave them as much as they would give me. If they took it casually and only wanted to take it seriously every now and then, to get a couple shows every now and then, that's all I was going to try for. I'm not going to invest all this time and energy into you when you are not doing anything for yourself. That was the first time I learned that lesson is that you cannot give anything more, anybody anything more than they can achieve for themselves or they can obtain by themselves. Um, and that was a very valuable lesson moving forward and a reason to gauge how people, how seriously people take themselves and what they're doing and how much effort they're putting into it. If you are not blown away by the commitment they have to their passions, then there's no reason to think that you're going to help them much. If they're, if they're not doing as much for themselves as you think in your wildest dreams you could do for them, then it's going nowhere. It's going to end badly. That's fair. Okay. So at a certain point you decided to kind of leave the strictly promotional stuff behind take that next step into kind of more managerial responsibility. Mm-hmm. So you threw the Craigslist ad out there. So what what flipped the switch for you to decide to do that? Um, in promotions and concert promoting and booking, there's not much else you can do. The most you can hope for is that you rack up enough money to be able to afford bigger acts and bigger venues. And you'll get to work with more and more successful people that have larger and larger sums of money passing back and forth. Um, and again, I can't sit with one thing for too long. I get <laughs> too stir crazy. And management seemed like the only thing besides being an artist that involves so many different lines of profession, really. I mean, in one thing, you have to know booking. You have to book them shows. You have to be involved in that process. You have to be involved in marketing. You have to be involved in every, you know, in PR. You have to all of a sudden learn how to do press releases effectively and network with people that can publish those and broadcast those to a wide audience. Um, if you don't know what you're doing, then it's it's not going to work out. So you need to figure out what you're doing. And that challenge of it, having to learn a lot real fast and in so many different areas, made me decide, yeah, 
I'm going to start doing this out of nowhere. Nice. Okay. So was this along with you? Because I noticed that as kind of a day job, you were working with startups as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so was this kind of right alongside that? Or what did you decide to start bringing that portion of your life into just kind of the more professional portion of your life? That came later. After um, after SDEC management and after mm-hmm. Board Leader and the Hangers On, mm-hmm. um, they, they kind of broke up. I kind of decided that this wasn't going anywhere. By no means has anything been wildly successful. So I need to just focus on a real job and, <laughs> you know, and get in progressing in some kind of industry that could lead somewhere. Um, and so I took the first couple serious air quotes, serious job I could find, which was sales for a rolling paper company. Um, and I got in that industry, which is really fun for a long time. Just doing rolling papers, blunt wraps, um, going to all those trades. Just shows. like wholesale, like yeah, yeah. Oh. it was business to business wholesale. I was selling to, um, it was from the manufacturer to all the smoke shops and distributors to smoke shops around the country, um, and so that was my first introduction to the concept of large amounts of money flowing back and forth easily because everything has such a small profit margin. So you know. Just getting out of high school and deciding I'm going to start booking shows and stuff, you hear, okay, well, rent on this place is 500 a night, plus you have these expenses. Um, so, you know, you need to sell so many tickets just to make eight, $900 and call it a small profit, maybe, maybe a few hundred dollars after everything. And that's on a very, very small show. Um, and that, I mean, at, at that time, that's, okay, I need to come up with 500 extra dollars to pay for all this stuff. Um and then all of a sudden, you know, I'm working here where it's, you know, yeah, here's my weekly order, $26,000. Uh, sorry, it was so small this time. You know, these bigger <laughs> guys ordered freight containers. They're just rolling papers. Yeah. You know, it was crazy. I'm like, this is just fun stuff. This is rolling papers. Like, we just, we all party for a living. It's amazing. Um, it's got a picture of a grape with bleary eyes on it. Like, yeah. it doesn't make <laughs> Like, everything, it was just everybody being so immature and then still having all this money. And that was fascinating to me. And I, of course, I wanted do that too. Nothing's ever good enough. I always want to, whoever's, you know, cooler than me in that time has something that I don't have. I always try to go for that. Um, so I chased that down for a while, but it was an office job at the end of the day. It was an office job and I, I can't sit still that well. It just, I was getting so crazy. And, uh, and right before then I had been working in a smoke shop. That's how I kind of stumbled upon that job and went into an office. But I missed smoke shops. That was just had a good time in a retail environment. Um, new people every day, and you know something different every five minutes. So I went back to one of my clients who had a smoke shop, and he was looking to grow it and expand into a few more shops. So I joined up with him, and we built ultimately that into uh, five five shops and a s- online store and doing. Roughly fifteen million dollars a year. Wow! Over yeah, over two two years we built that. Jeez. So that that was just I just I saw I saw this concept of pushing big amounts of money back and forth, and every time because if you're still talking small margins, then it's just a volume game. It just desensitized you a little bit to it. Absolutely. Numbers, yeah. It just it did not phase me. There was no there was no concept of that's too big anymore. It can't work because that's just impossible. That that was that was gone. All these people, like in the, 
you like so many, especially like in the convenience store market, you meet so many immigrants, mm-hmm. and they all have a similar story. You know, it, they didn't have much coming over, and they all of them own their own business, and so many just American citizens that had a great start, like think that owning a business is this big impossible dream. Yeah. But that's just that is like the logical steps. A lot of people that come over with next to nothing. They need to start a business so that they can provide for themselves because it's hard to get jobs when you are new to everything. So you may as well do it yourself. If you are getting into this new world where you are new to everything and everything is scary, then the best logical decision is to own your own shit. And that I, I love that. That's, like I love yeah. that concept <laughs> of everything. And if that is your approach to life and you don't know that what the limits are, you are unsure of what you can and cannot do, but you know that the only way that you're going to eat for the rest of your life and like build, build get a house and everything is to just own your own shit, then yeah, you're going to end up passing a whole bunch of money coming through because you just have no concept of like, this is weird, this is crazy. You just go with it and do whatever you want to be happy. And then things magically happen. Wow, shit. That's a really great philosophy. <laughs> That's a good thing to take away. I never would have fucking thought to uh, uh, look at like a smoke shop outlet and stuff like that and, and, and see and the beauty of it all. industry that we just partied all the time. Yeah. It just, it's, that's why it, you really have to just do whatever is making you happy. Anything that gives you butterflies in your stomach and makes any other day better than the day before and makes certain days the best days of your life, whatever is recurringly and consistently causing those nice things to happen Surround yourself with it. Just chase after it, and everything else will fall into place. So, all right. So you got yourself involved with growing this fifteen million dollar business. So, how do you step away from that? Drama. Hmm. A lot of drama. And that's and that's what will happen. That's the. That's it. Went, a lot of things went bad in that time period. Gotcha. And it was, you know, it. My life became less about that particular business and a lot more about other stuff. And um, and it was time for really everybody involved to to say we need we need to stop this. And everybody did. Everybody stepped out of it and stepped away and moved on in different directions and um, everybody's doing a lot better for it now. Nice. Okay. So you Stepped away from that. Did you immediately get back into music? No. Um. Yeah, I guess so. Not, not, not immediately. It wasn't the first. It was not something that I intended to do whatsoever. Actually, that that point, mm-hmm. I was still um, under the assumption that I had some fun with music stuff when I was younger and had a good time, and I need to figure out a way to be a wealthy, responsible adult. <laughs> um, and then I started talking to Chelsea Louise again. And everything crashed to the ground. <laughs> uh, she, this seems to be the thesis of a lot of the stories. Right? She has, the, she has a way of doing stuff. that. As someone who builds so much, she sure does destroy life paths. <laughs> uh, so, all right. So, I mean, did, did you guys always keep in contact from Blackwell? Or? We didn't, really. Um, everybody kind of split off and did their own thing. Members of that band kind of mm-hmm. split off, started their own bands. Um, and so, at the time, during Aztec, was it just them that you were focusing on? Toward the end, it was. Okay. Yeah. They were, they, at that time, were the best artists that I had, the best musicians that I had. Um, 
not not as good as they would ever be, and they're still not as good as they will be mm-hmm. in the future. But they showed the most promise, absolutely. And even at that time, I thought that they were going to end up somewhere really cool. And is there I, a big difference between being kind of a one band guy or and uh, kind of managing a lot of different ba- acts at once? Or um, at th- that time, yeah, there was. Because any effort to begin with from anybody was a big deal. When you're dealing with so many people that just are barely getting started in this small inkling of an idea of a dream that they have, um, nobody's far along and nobody knows what they're doing and nobody knows what it's going to take to do what they want to do yet. These are all lessons that are going to be learned and they are all lessons that are going to be learned in a hard way. And none of us have learned those lessons yet. It even begun. So... Um, so at the time that I decided that the only band that I wanted to focus on was Blatho, that meant a big deal because that meant we were onto something. We had started learning a few lessons and we're kind of getting an idea that we might be figuring this thing out a little bit. And, um, and once that kicked in, we went hard with it and, and it, there's a lot of retrospectively, there were a lot of signs that things would end up the way they are now. Um, but at the time, it was... We were learning a lot of lessons, learning stuff from it, and also taking the beatings that they gave us all, too. Nice. Okay. So, all right. So you worked with them individually, like singularly. And uh, when you started connecting back the band members again, was that always the idea that you were going to be, like, at least at, at the beginning, just for them? Or... Um, in the sense of getting fairy bones together, yeah, I was not involved in fairy bones getting together at all. Well, I guess when when you approached them about working with them, which I, guess I didn't, I'm getting ahead I of didn't approach them. Oh, okay. So, Go yeah. on. <laughs> I was I was going on with my life under this assumption that I need. I was like, well, I was trying to figure out what I want to do with the rest of my life. I had just had a really successful um, couple of years for myself. Um, they had also ended bigly and. Um, costly. So it was, I was trying to figure out what I was going to do next. Um, and then Chelsea, and I started talking to Chelsea again, just casually, like you do after not talking to somebody mm-hmm. for a few years. Um, and you know, we kind of talked for a little while, just catching up before she said, I, I, I think that you should manage fairy bones. And I told her, no, absolutely, absolutely <laughs> not. Because I had, I had watched them. I had watched them over the past couple of years. As we had not talked at all, I had just watched them as everybody else in Phoenix kind of did um, grow and establish themselves and figure a lot of things out for themselves and learn new skills, especially Chelsea personally, watching her um, become a graphic designer. Graphic, She does a lot of work mm-hmm. on graphics. Um, web design. And again, not she's she does not do any of these things full time all the time mm-hmm. anywhere. But she developed a lot of skills that people need done, and she turned herself into a freelancer in uh, job fields that pertain to the band that she was working on. And to do to do that to f- to make your day job and your way of financial safety out of ways that are pushing your band forward, that shows dedication and commitment to your band. That 
tells me that you are you are not hoping this works out. You are banking on this working out. And she had every reason to believe that there was a sure thing, too. As far as the band went, they were all just as dedicated. They were all really good. They put out a record that was great. Um, they networked and pushed that record so that a lot of people had heard of it. And just from those signs, I looked at them and thought, you guys are going to do something here. And then she asked me to manage them, and I said... That's not going to help you. <laughs> you have something really good going here, and I really think that you should do everything you can to protect it and push it. And you asking me to join is weakening the structural integrity of what you have built. Now, do you say that's because you had been away from the the scene for so long, and that you didn't necessarily feel like you were bringing anything new to the table with them? Or? Um, absolutely, that I didn't think I was bringing anything new to the table with them. Mm-hmm. They all had me built on experience in this time. They had stayed with it and it stayed connected. And as you will with being involved in anything, you will learn lessons from it and grow and gain experience. And by them staying in that in that field, they had done all that. And I had gone off into a different field and had not done all that. Um, so I felt like I would not, A, be bringing anything to the table. B, anything that I would bring to the table would slow things down or... Um, maybe they would try to give some of my stuff a shot, it, you know, thinking that I was still bringing something to the table and it would not work out. There were so many concerns that I had with coming in and getting involved in such a big way with something that I knew so little about. So it's kind of your own self-doubts. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And I, I did not want to do that to them. I had just gotten out of a very, very successful business with people that had gotten too confident, too cocky, too fast, and... Um, it had weakened the structural integrity of what we had all built until it all came crashing down and coming out from that and seeing somebody else in my life and this group of people that I really, really liked and cared for doing something so great. I could recognize that it was going to be something they were, they were doing something that was going to grow. Um, there was no doubt in my mind Then them asking me to come in reminded me of something that, that would and badly. And I told them that. And Chelsea said, you're absolutely wrong about all of that. You have experience in the field that we have spent no time in. You have learned a whole lot of lessons going through everything and learned a lot from them. Um, are applying that now to your life. Like, all of your concerns are totally valid. It's just, it's all flipped up. Like, you bring stuff that we don't have. We have stuff that you don't have. We see eye to eye on everything. We are both very passionate people. This, you know, everybody involved has this big dream and is doing anything it will take to get it. So I don't see what you're on about or where you think there is a problem. And she was confident enough about it that I said, okay. <laughs> and every, and I known everybody else in the band um, for a while. Matt and Ben were new to me. Robert was in Blatho. Uh, I known him forever. Matt and Ben were new to me, but we all got along really quickly, really um, well. And so we just we just went with it. And, I, and my conditions were, and Chelsea absolutely agreed, were um, you're going to, you're, Chelsea's going to be the one to teach me everything, catch me up to speed and all this. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not going to act on behalf of Fairy Bones until we both feel like it's appropriate and that I would reflect them um, accurately and well. 
I it was catching me up to where they had put themselves, and um, and you know, bringing what I had to the table in conservative ways just to make sure this is all going to work out, and that was important to me. That was important to all of them, and if we didn't do that, things wouldn't have worked out as well as they have, and nobody would be where they are now. So how long did it take you to get comfortable getting back into the the role? Comfortable? Um, <laughs> wrong word for it. No, that's a good word. I mean, I did. it didn't take me long at all to get comfortable in it. it I very quickly felt like I was doing the right thing again. It, I got that feeling that got me excited, that... You know, I was, I got, the, I, I've quickly felt the passion and enjoyed every bit of it. And if, if you're really that excited about something and love doing it that much, it's never going to be comfortable. It should always kind of feel like you have a fire under you a little bit. Um, but it didn't take me long at all to feel that and to love being involved with it again and, you know, taking anything I could pick up and running with it. It, it, Maybe like six months or so, and I've only been with them for, I guess, it's been two two years now. Nice. It seems a lot less than that, but it has been two years now. So what's a rundown of like what your typical day is, you know, as a manager, like responsibility-wise? Depends on what's happening. Everything, <laughs> everything, every, there's so many projects that are happening every day, um, those are parts of bigger projects that are changing every week or couple of weeks, which are cogs in the wheel of things that turn around every three months or so. And that is all a piece of a grander, you know, one to five year plan. Um, and you have to constantly know where you're, where you are in all of that and what you're working for while also being fully aware that if you don't take things that pass by at a moment's notice, then you're missing half the piece of the puzzle. So, a, a day a day in the life is, is tough. Lately, we've been uh, working on the no one can suffer like I can single release, nice. which is which is going to be really fun. And um, and I think we have a lot of confidence going forward with this, and we're putting a lot of really good effort and ideas behind this release because we did the eight ball and pink plastic cups release in October. So just a few months ago we were kind of doing this for the first time and it was all of our first time chelsea knew that she wanted to do it that way um the whole band felt really good about these singles i really liked them a lot but she knew that she needed to do something kind of creative and she thought a singles release was a way to go and i thought that it was a really cool idea and i saw value to it as a, just a fan of music and that's still the probably the greatest asset that i bring as far as opinions and ideas is just coming as a music fan, not a musician. Um, there's a lot of business skill that I bring in, mm -hmm. sort of. Um, I'm, pro I'm one of the most qualified in that band with business, and I am not very good at business. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but that idea came around, and that's when we really put our skill sets together and collaborated hard on this as, as someone equals. Um, and it went really well. It w and it went really, really well. I'm really proud of everything that we did with those releases, and uh, and now we're about to do it again. And we learned a lot of stuff from that trial run, and I feel really good about this year and what's about to happen. 
So the day in the life for me really is, is waking up in waking up in terror, checking my phone, flipping that 100% into excitement and enthusiasm, and attacking everything really hard so that this next month or so is going to be a really good time for everybody. Now, throwing back as a fan of gangster rap, um, so uh, <clears throat> I really like the Wu-Tang Clan. They're one of my favorites. And when Wu-Tang first came together, Rizzo was kind of acting as general manager, and he said that he had like a very clear, precise five-year plan of like album releases, single releases, that type of thing. Is that the way you go about it? Do you guys have like a, a long-term plan that you've all kind of agreed upon, like with this album or how it's going to go? Or we're building, we're building a long-term plan right now. It's, um, I don't know how long it takes most people to come up with the plans that they feel are concrete enough to bank everything on and go for it. Uh, but I, I am 100% confident in what we're doing and how we're going about it. And that's a big lesson that I learned from early on that I'm using now is don't, don't be confident in long-term plans that you haven't taken the right steps to build. If you're not building, if you're not building a plan on lessons that you have learned in the past, (laughs) pertaining to what you're doing, then, I just I don't have faith in your in your plan, um, and so we're taking the time to learn a lot. We are doing some short term stuff, and then turning that into ways to plan for a longer period of time, and slowly and surely we're building a long term plan. We're we're about we're about a year or two out right now in planning and developing that into smaller and smaller steps, so we know exactly what we need to do to progress and build it into a bigger idea. Um, and as you build that idea, that's how you get successful. That's and that's awesome. how we are growing. Um, so, and I mean, talking about learning lessons and stuff, you mentioned early on in this that you try to just kind of hang around other people in your role who have been doing it for longer, um, trying to just picking up some tips, pointers, things like that. Um, is it like a contentious field, I guess? Are people willing to help out a guy getting started? Or is there like competition? It depends on what you present yourself as. If you come through as a genuine person, not biting off more than you can chew, not trying to bullshit and convince people that you are bigger or more knowledgeable than you are, that's what I have a hard time dealing with in this industry, dealing with other uh, people in my fields and in fields that I'm trying to network in. So many people on the lower levels, like I am, and like the people that I work with are right now, that are just getting started building themselves. Um, there are so many bullshit artists and people that are promising more than they can deliver and pitching these ideas that are so big they don't understand. That's why I say we're still working on you know, a five-year plan for out. We don't understand what it's going to take um, to build that far out or where we're going to be in five years. So going around and talking to all these people that are trying to get involved in this industry in different ways and carving out their own paths... I see them promising and talking about things that they are so far from encountering for the first time or, you know, having any idea of what that's going to actually be like or what they're going to need to get there. And um, and when you're that kind of, of person that cannot admit humility and the ability to, you know, say, I, I'm just getting started with this, this is the experience that I do have, this is what I want to do. 
you know, what, what can I do for you? What can I do to get there? Um, if you have something to offer and you show promise like that, you show that you have an understanding of where you are in the world, then I will believe that you can get to where you want to go. Um, and that's how everybody looks at me. Everybody that I talk to and that I try to move up with, that's how they look at me. There's a lot of people locally that, that I look up to, that I get a lot of inspiration from because they are where I want to go. And I know that they have big goals of their own and they are just barely getting started on them themselves. But they're, they're bigger than me. You know, the people, a lot of people in radio that are helping out the local scene. Mo with Alt AZ, Fitz with KUPD, B Vegan, formerly KWSS. Now he is in KFMA in Tucson. Danny Cutler with KWSS. Um, there's people off the top of my head that are only in radio that I look up to and I follow. And, and I, you know, those are the kind of people that you need to surround yourself with because they're doing it and they're, they've been doing it longer than you. They've gotten farther than you. They're far from done. They're just getting started and finally just getting the, you know, the first rungs on the ladder to their dreams. So pay attention to them. And if you go to them and you, sh you let them know, I'm fully aware of how much lower I am than where you are, but this is where I want to be. These are the steps that I'm going to take them. And I want to know what I'm doing wrong, what I'm doing right, what in your experience has worked, what in your experience has not worked. And if they feel like you actually have a shot, they're going to want to be associated with you too, because you are moving up your ladder. Yeah, you're further down, but if you're moving up, then you are going to be valuable to them. And if you can go and show your value to anyone, then no, they're not going to withhold secrets from you. They're not going to act like, you know, they have secret industry, you know, <laughs> secrets or anything. Cause there is no such thing. It's just, they won't take the time to talk to you if they don't think that you have a shot. If you prove to them that you have what it takes and that you're going to do it anyway, then they will absolutely want to be friends with you and help you get somewhere that they can benefit from too. Nice. We're getting close to wrapping up. But I do, you mentioned something that I, I kind of want to ask about if you have an opinion on it. Just now that you are on the other side of it, um, you know, you're, you're starting to identify other people in your field who are bullshit artists. Is there a way that you feel like you can like, give advice to artists who are looking for managers, who are looking for promoters, people, you know, on your side of things that they can avoid people like that? How do you tell? How do you, I mean, most people are so eager to just find someone willing to help them when they get started. How do you make that difference? Um, don't don't accept help from anybody that is trying to help you do something you can do yourself is the biggest thing. Any record label that comes along um, and says they can help get your music on Spotify and whatnot, you can do that yourself. You don't need to give up ownership of your life to somebody in exchange for that. You can do it yourself. And if he, if there's value somehow in him giving that to you, then there is value in you learning how to do that for yourself and offering that to other people. It's if you can make the same product as somebody else and sell it for the same amount, then make that product and sell it streamline it and move on to something else. Um, never accept help from somebody when it's something that you can do yourself. Um, stick, stick, stick to your, stick to your guns. Nice. Don't, don't give up anything that you don't want to give up. Um, if the value is not there, know your value, know your, know, you, know your worth of where you are and be able to admit how low your value is as well. 
Nice. And that's uh, that's a great thing to kind of lead into the last couple of questions because you basically already answered a little bit. But I'd like to end uh, all of them just asking a couple of things. Um, first off, is there anybody that you want to kind of shout out in the Phoenix art scene? doesn't have to be other people in your role. I know you already mentioned those, those few people from the radio stations, but just anybody that you feel like, you know, you want people to know about. There's a lot right now. There's, yeah. <laughs> there's a ton. Um, Fairy Bones, A, number one. Right there, the sneaker swimmer doing really big things, and I'm excited to see what the next year or so holds for them. Um, Brandon Decker, uh, he's got his Mescal Collective that he's building up. He has sneaker swim right now. Um, all my radio people, Mo with All Daisy, Fitz and Holmberg with KUPD, um, Danny Cutler over at KWSS, Beef, Beef is the champ, KFMA. Um, Stephen Shelton has been really great to us over at the Rebel. The Rebel Lounge in general is always a great place to be. Um, Danny Zalisco has helped out a couple of times with some really really big things. Um, go to your go to your go to your venues and meet the bands there. Mingle with the people in there. We have a lot of people helping out this local scene. And they're doing it on the ground floor. If you're nice. not right there, boots to boots with them, then you're missing out. Talk to them and hang out with them. Okay. And another thing, is there anything you want to plug coming up? Sounds like you have some things. June 9th, we're going to be dropping No One Can Suffer Like I Can, the single. It's just going to be on the streaming sites. That's where you're going to hear it for the first time. And then a little bit down the road, there might be a video for that guy coming out. Um, Keep a wide eye for that as well. Nice. Okay, cool. And that should be the weekend after this comes out. So once you hear this, check out... Yeah, single. It's, so gonna, it's gonna be up. right around the corner. And uh, catch us the first Friday of June second. Fairy Bones is gonna be playing down there, and then we've got one other show coming up at the end of the month. So make sure that you follow them on all social media. Uh, Fairy Bones Music, like them on Facebook. Follow them on Twitter. That's where you're gonna hear about this next stuff. And make sure that you don't miss any of the new singles coming out. And check out the YouTube page too. It's got some good videos. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I like the videos. Um, and poor life management. Obviously, Life Choice Management now Poor has a choice. now has a Facebook page. <laughs> if you want to kind of see what's going on behind the desk, I guess, um, <laughs> with some of the stuff around locally, then check it out and find some cool new people to hang out with. Are you looking to? This is a, I don't want to throw you in the bus or anything. Like, are you looking to connect with anybody else right now, as far as talent goes? I'm looking to connect with literally everybody. I want to talk to everybody. If you have opinions on anything that I have said in here. <laughs> That's one thing I will it always, I am always happy to admit, just because I think I'm right right now does not mean I am right by any means. And even if I am right right now, that does not mean I'm going to be right tomorrow. Fair. So, you know, I, these are just things that I see and opinions that I have on experiences that I have experienced. Um, I want to hear everybody else's life experiences too, and what they're doing for themselves right now, lessons that they have learned. Um, I want to, I want to know everybody because that's how I'm going to meet the people that really have something to show for themselves or have a future. And I, just like everybody else, should want to get to know all of those people as soon as we possibly can and get in close with them early. Nice. Right on. And last thing, you've already dropped some good gems so far, but uh, if someone were to try and get started today in like the Phoenix art scene, specifically in your, your kind of role, what's a piece of advice you would want to give them? In my kind of role in particular, just make friends and be there to help anybody that is looking for help. Um, if somebody's looking for help, that means that they are working on something. If they're not, if they're just looking for handouts, um, look look for better friends. But <laughs> there are a lot of there are a lot of people that need help every day because they have completely maxed out 
their abilities to do what they can for themselves. And those are great people that deserve all the help that they can get. If you find those people, help them out, help them grow. And as they grow, you will grow with them. Um, if you're just looking to get involved with anything in the art scene, whatever you want to do, just talk to people there, go to wherever it is they do that thing, speak to those that are involved, and and do it. There's absolutely no regret you'll have later aside from not doing the things that you would possibly regret not doing. Make friends and do it. I love it. All right, Sam DeCross, thank you so much for your time. It was a pleasure. Yeah, thanks for asking me to do this. It was fun. All right. If you enjoyed this episode, show your support by checking us out on iTunes, Facebook, Twitter, and Google Play. And if you or someone you know is an artist in the Phoenix area who'd be interested in coming on the podcast, or if you just want to tell us how great we are, write us at starvingartistsphx at gmail.com. Again, that's starvingartistsphx at gmail.com. 